What's up, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Off the Dome Radio. Today we have Carl K. Swaggin. We've had him on before uh, with our buddy Spruve, but today is just us and Carl. So he is the founder and CEO of Fortunate Lifestyle, and that's a clothing brand that he started to establish uh, and express individuality, creativeness, and overall just very unique designs. So that first episode he was in was 77. We had to follow back up with him. So Carl uh, kind of give us gave us some good updates on his business, how he worked through the COVID shutdown, and kind of the meaning of his brand. So we get into it pretty quick here right off the bat. And then he talks about how being an introvert is while running a business. We ask him, you know, how can other introverts get started with being extrovert? You do have to network and market when you are building your own business and brand. It's just the way that it is. So he talks about how he first started doing that um, and how he networks now, the importance of meditation and overall the quality and quantity uh, that is deserved on social medias. And then we ask him what tour life is like. So Carl has been touring with up-and-coming music artists, big-time artists, and so we're just curious what tour is like, how he promotes his brand, um, if he sells on the road, and kind of everything that goes in between. So Tim, what else do we get into with Carl today? Yeah, so I, I love this interview. We asked Carl like what he needs to do to scale his business, because I think that's important, but... Every time we bring like a creative guest on somebody that does creative work, like what Carl does, I always like to ask like what it takes to get in that zone into that, that kind of, that meta state where, um, you block out all distractions, you can do meaningful, deep work. So he describes like what that process looks like to him, what the conditions are that that he sets to to make sure that he's producing his best work. Um, We ask about his approach to marketing his business, talks about how he experiments with different designs with his clothing. And by the way, like he gave us some clothing before he came on the show. I have been, I've been rocking it at the gym. I've been rocking it out when I go out to eat. I mean, half and half. Thank you, Carl. Like these are awesome. Um, And then, Carl highlights the power of exclusivity, uh, which that's what makes his brand different. And he kind of explains like how it differentiates like his brand and why he likes it that way. And I thought that was a very interesting segment of the show. And um, then it gets a little deep. He talks about like your relationship with reality and, and how you can become stronger by reacting what life throws at you. So I thought that was interesting him talking about that. Um, And then he also talks about how he, like approaches obstacles and like creative roadblocks. Um, and then we kind of end the show with our typical question of like how he wants to be remembered and talk. He asked us what a specific word meant to us and you'll find out on the show what that word is. And, um, I think that was a very unique ending to the show, something different than what we're used to. So I thought that was a good, uh, good closing out to the show. I know you guys are going to get a lot of value from this. I know you're going to learn a lot from a very unique, a very driven individual, uh, episode 166. Carl Hibbert. So second time sitting down with friend Carl Hibbert. Dude, I will say your Instagram handle sticks hard. Whenever we talk about Carl, it's Oh, it's Case Swaggin. Yeah. What, what day are we get Case Swaggin on the show? <laughs> like I, I wrote your actual name on the board, but I was like, Carl or Case Swaggin? We'll use real name, but for sure, for sure. I had to let you know the handle sticks. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's actually funny. Uh, when I'm in uh, Atlanta, I can uh, 
like East Atlanta, nobody calls me Carl. It's really mm. funny because like I, I always introduce, I never introduce myself as Case Wagon. Cause I feel like it's like, I'll just always go yeah. Carl. But um, I have people call me K, people just call me Swag, Swagging. I get the K Swagging. Mm-hmm. I get a lot, I, people have just called me KJ over time. Just, <laughs> just, just cause. Like I, <laughs> yeah. I always introduce myself as yeah. Carl though, yeah. because yeah, it's funny there. Yeah. Do you have a favorite or like one that is, is stuck for you personally that you like? K Swagging now. K Swagging, yeah, that's the one. Yeah, it's the handle. Follow me, do a quick race. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. So, K Swag, you're about to take a trip here soon in the next couple of days, right? Where, yep, yep. Where? Uh, I actually leave tomorrow morning to go back to New York, actually, where I'm from. So, I'm mm-hmm. excited to see family. My aunt actually says she has a plate ready waiting for me when I get touched down. So, uh, nice. I'm excited on that. That's perfect. Um, New York, and then uh, we're in Philly on Friday, and then um, Boston on Saturday to round out tour. Okay. Yeah. Good. Yeah. So, what have you been up to? Like, what's uh, what's been occupying your time the most with like the last couple months? Like, what anything big you've been working on? Uh, yeah, bring us up to date. Um, really, just trying to uh, scale, scale the business. Uh, mm-hmm. As you guys know, I do uh, everything really myself. Um, mm-hmm. So, just it it's hard to get complacent, but it's something I, I don't want to get. So, I mm-hmm. always try to find a new craft or something else to teach myself. Um, something I'm more recently priding myself on is like during the shutdown uh during covid um i actually uh took a social media cleanse i was off twitter instagram snapchat everything for two weeks okay and i bought my my first sewing machine and i Mm. told myself i was gonna learn how to sew um i had always had a guy that i went to for embroidery and sewing in the city and he's really well at it really good at it so um i always just trusted him with the pieces and i had no complaints about it and like i'm the type of guy if someone does their job well i'll invest in them to do it Mm -hmm. so um i really was like you know what it kind of gets achy to drive 45 minutes every time just for one you know patch to get sewn on or for one applique to get you know ironed on or to get uh stitched or whatever so um i kind of was like you know what let me take the time to just learn this craft you know it's mm-hmm. covid season everybody's really locked in the house anyway and let's just take the time to really invest in something else so i got my first sewing machine uh i sat down and I actually learned how to thread needle how to do everything with the basic sewing machine too it wasn't mm-hmm. even one of the like big expensive ones that does the self uh threading and everything i actually had to learn how to do it all myself so okay. i feel like that was a big step in the right direction of learning how to do like a lot myself like hats and just uh yeah. full embroidery so um yeah, that's one of the biggest things. Just trying to scale the company, scale my own skill. Mm-hmm. Um, it, uh, it's really uh, cool that I was actually called upon uh, for this tour. This is like the first time, like uh, back in 2017, which was my first tour, I was actually like contacting people trying to figure out how to get on tour. And I put myself on tour with the opportunities they allowed me to come on tour dates. And I kind of made that make sense. Mm-hmm. But um, this time, uh, I actually was reached out to told about the tour a little bit ahead of time and was asked if I'll be able to make these dates. So it was kind of okay. cool to see the progression over time. Great. That's yeah, awesome. No, that's man. awesome. And I definitely want to get more to uh, the social media cleanse and, and, and all that. But for our listeners who like may or may not have seen the first episode with mm-hmm. you, with, with you and Sprue, do you want to maybe just give a quick explanation on like what your company is and um, the solution you provide and like what you do just for the people who may be learning about you for the first time. This for episode. sure. Yeah. So um, my, my clothing brand is fortunate lifestyle. Uh, FLS is the tag. Um, and the uh, motto or the mantra is really to uh, be an individual rather than a multiple. So it's really about just honing in on yourself, uh, your personality, mm-hmm. your, your, your uniqueness. And, um, 
expressing that through fashion, through clothes, through the visual aspect that we all have to um, take part in every day. Mm-hmm. So um, that's really uh, the brand, Fortunate Lifestyle. The name really embodies just we're all fortunate in our own our own ways. Sometimes we just don't appreciate it or we may look to uh, the future and what we want to attain, but we have to understand in this time right now that we are fortunate to be at the position we are in because Definitely. our worst day, you know, some someone else would wish that's their best day, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Yeah, I mean, I, I'd agree 100%. I mean, the first step of success, I think, is being grateful that you're lucky enough to be alive and see another day. For sure. Yeah. I mean, that, that still is another motivation within you. So. Yeah, yeah. we were talking earlier with, uh, with your guy, Justin, about you know, what podcast we were listening to, and, and I was saying how I was listening to the one Joe Rogan had with Yanmi Park. She mm. escaped North Korea. Right. And she was saying how she never knew what it was like to feel full. How they, like... They didn't have grocery stores. The land was owned by the government. It's like, we can just go to the grocery store anytime we want, pick whatever we want of umpteen different items. Right. And so it's like, yeah, happy for the little stuff, that that grateful, that gratitude. Exactly. But yeah, um, so it seems like things are going well with the business. You were saying uh, before we got rolling that, you know, COVID hit and you kind of we're off work a little bit, so you ramped everything up. What did that process look like for you? Um, well, <clears throat> I'm really an introvert already by nature, so the quarantine thing, the biggest gap was just not working, I guess. But other than that, I really my free time spent in the house really just either just watching movies and just hanging out or making clothes orders and just committing to the craft. Mm-hmm. So I just committed more to the craft. I really mm-hmm. just uh started uh, reaching out more to suppliers and since more people were kind of social media based since people were in person more people are now doing emails calls zooms on social media messaging i felt like uh the correspondence that i was having with a lot of uh just people was a lot was a lot better during that time because um, especially because uh, a lot of just marketing a lot of budgets for just companies was shut down so i feel like um people were looking to interact with people and build the new connections they could over social media and through the internet since they weren't doing the face-to-face anymore. Mm -hmm. So I was able to really uh, hone in and meet a lot of cool suppliers and uh, get like person-to-person relationships to where like I'm able to get, you know, packages to the house now and I'm able to get kind of early looks at certain samples and lookbooks. For instance, uh, Levi's, like the jean company, Mm -hmm. I actually had an early look at their 2021 um, uh, catalog for uh this uh past season so that was really cool to just you know be able to see what people are doing ahead of time and be able to tap in and it helps me with my creative process when i'm kind of formulating my collections so um really just thinking outside the box building the connections behind the scenes because that's really what is going to end up being on the front line that makes sense yeah absolutely yeah for sure that network yeah and like i mean you just mentioned a little bit ago that you're an introvert by nature and i mean do you, would you give any advice to like any business owners or like people who are looking to start their own thing who like are an introvert and might be like maybe hesitant or like maybe not as like confident in starting their business because they think they can't run a business if they're an introvert? Like any advice that you give to someone that you've learned about yourself with your company? Um, I feel like alone time is like the best time for anyone, whether you're an introvert or not, because you get to 
talk to yourself mentally, mm-hmm. kind of review the day, review conversations. Because I, I had to talk with my friend a little while ago, and I was like, I feel like the people that are always like wake up and they have to be around somebody, what's the move, hit somebody up, they're around people all day, go to sleep, wake up, same type of thing. Like, what time do they actually sit down? Like, how, how often do you really sit in the car when you're driving 30 minutes and turn the music off and really just mm-hmm. think? Yeah. You know what I mean? And just yeah. think about, you know, this morning I sat on the phone with such and such for 30 minutes and you just review that conversation you guys had again. Just think about certain points like, wow. And just think about yourself and how you could be different in certain situations. And kind of like self-therapy. I feel like right. if you if alone time allows you to do that, reflect and really just build on yourself. So um, for business owners that feel like they might be too introverted or too um, really in the house or just at home. I feel like that's the best time to really perfect your craft. Get yeah. to the points where your confidence is at a level to where you're like, you know what? What I'm doing has been worked on and I've kept it to myself so long that now when you show it to other people, they're going to be blown away because you've perfected and perfected. Even to this day, when I was on tour, the first tour day with uh, Young Nudie, we were in Houston, Texas. I brought, I made, uh, it was a red half and half shirt with his Naruto uh, style uh, font with his name on it that I made for him. Uh, that's his favorite uh, favorite anime, favorite show. Um, so I made it for him. But the first time I made it, I made a little small mistake at the bottom. So I remade it and made a second one. It wasn't the same mistake, but it was another mistake on it, kind of in the same place. I'm like, oh my gosh. So I was like, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna make a third one. These two are okay. Day before I left for tour, I made a third one. So I was like, <laughs> I have to make it perfect. So I had three yeah. of them. So when I ended up seeing them in Houston, I gave it. They were all three the same size, same color, same everything. Just a small imperfection on the first two. I gave him all three shirts and I said, um, uh, I made three of these because I messed up on like two of them. It's just a small, you know, small mm-hmm. thing. He he picked up the shirt, held it up, looked at it. He said, what'd you mess up on? I literally said, uh, I didn't mess up on it if you can't see it. I literally just said that and yeah. I just laughed it off. And then he just looked at it, looked at it, looked at it. And he didn't see anything wrong with it, folded it, looked at the other one, didn't see anything wrong with it, and just he had three shirts, three of the same shirts, essentially, to him. But me looking at the shirt, I can see the small imperfection. It's so small that probably no one else, it was something with the bleach pattern on it, but no one else would notice, but it was something with me. So, like I said, when you just stay home and you just perfect your craft over and over and over, it gets to the point that when you finally put it out, it's, it's, even if you think it could be tweaked a little more, it is a very good quality or very good representation of what you have. Yeah. yeah. I say that's that's the difference maker. A lot of people would say, Oh, it's good enough, man. You you couldn't do it. You love you love what you do too much. God, like I, I can't like your name is on that. Exactly. Uh, and he probably appreciated that even more. Like, exactly. oh man, I got three shirts, like I can't tell which from which. Exactly. Yeah. You make an NFT, like, hey, blooper on this shirt, NFT. Buy it. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. We were talking NFTs earlier. Yeah. So now it's like, oh, what can we sell digitally? Yeah. Yeah. That's cool though. That's that's an awesome story. Like, I yeah. had to make the third one. Had yeah. to make the third one. Yeah. Yeah. I, I also love your perspective, though, about the, uh, like, taking time to yourself and, like, reflecting on, like, a conversation you had. Because mm-hmm. we really do, like, when we go through go throughout our day, we literally have, like, like whether it's interactions or, like, thoughts or, like, many events that happen throughout our day that, like, happen to us externally or things that we think about. Like, and we, I feel like we don't budget enough time to just, like, sit back and, like, reflect, like, how did that thing that happened at that restaurant or how did that thing happen? How does that, how can I use that to better myself? Exactly. Yeah. I read, I saw some, I don't remember who said it, but they said like, you should, you should budget 10 minutes per day to meditate. 
but then they say if you're too busy to budget 10 minutes out of your day to meditate then you need to budget an hour because you need to <laughs> <laughs> right 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 wow that that's, actually yeah, uh, that's beautiful i like yeah, that or like learn it. to budget your time <laughs> yeah yeah that too but yeah um, no that's good perspective yeah and tim when you asked carl about being an introvert running a business one I thought that was a great question but going more with that so say that person's like okay i can work on my craft i'm still introverted they need to talk to people still. Like if they're running a business, you're gonna have to network and talk to people. That's a fact. How how did you get to that point where it's like, okay, I can reach out to someone? Was it easier starting on social media first, or easier like, hey, if if this person knows someone, would you let them know I do this? How, how did that process start? Of okay, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of introverted, but now I need to branch out and talk to people. All right, um, definitely social media. Uh, the whole to where I am right now on tour it all started with me DMing 21 Savage's uh, cousin back mm-hmm. in 2017 and I DMed his manager and his manager like read my message didn't respond you know normal management type of thing you know they're not a lot of followers a lot of high people in there you mm-hmm. know D, uh, DMs A&Rs and all that type of thing so I was like okay didn't take it personally or anything but I'm like man I think I even double triple messaged her didn't get anything I'm like okay so then, you know, I'm like, his cousin, he's always with him. He's just a friend, you know, not management, no, you know what I mean? Nothing like that. Let me just message him and see what's up. Just send him some pictures of my clothes. He loved it. He was like, yeah, we're on tour. We're in Indy this date. You know, bring some clothes for us. You know, okay, perfect. So yeah. that was my first end there. And ever since then, I just have felt social media confidence. And even to this day, that's just the way of the world. Mm-hmm. Social media, direct messaging is a new email, phone call. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Yeah. People won't even ask for your phone number now at times when you're out of, t- when you're out of town or you're out- outside. You know, they'll ask for your Instagram or your handles. So they can just message you that way. Um, so I feel like that's definitely been a way that I've uh, I felt comfortable jumping into that, that networking realm. Um, it's really funny. I looked back at my, it was a screenshot I was looking at from like 2017 or 2018 to now. Um, I've only gained, my follower count has only changed, I think, like 25. Wow. So, like, I think I'm, wherever I'm at now, the number is only 25 more than it was four or five years ago. Obviously, I've gained more than 25 followers, but, you know, the exchange, if everything goes, the number is only 25 more. And I use that, and I tell this story to, like, my, 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 my younger friends and stuff like that. They're, like, maybe caught up in the... You know the social media hype or not seeing the numbers here and there i was like that doesn't disturb me at all that i've only gained 25 followers mm-hmm. because at the end of the day the exchange of people that are actually watching my account now it's it's not the number of people it's who i have that yeah. is watching mm-hmm. my account now it's the, the quality who, of your the network, quality yeah. of my followers now yeah. even though it's 25 people more it's so many more deeper connections in that network that i've yeah. built in the past five years that now those the same how many views I'm getting on my story, it's different views now because it's different mm-hmm. eyes, more important eyes, more important yeah. people that are now seeing it. Um, so I just use that to say, like, don't feel like you have to be out in everybody's face, you know, networking with everybody at every club event, doing everything just because you have to get your brand out there. Mm-hmm. Figure out who needs to see your brand. Figure out mm-hmm. who are the decision makers in your field or in your craft and make sure they know who you are because everyone doesn't have to know you who you are unless you're in, like, some entertainment field where you're like a musician or something like that. Sure. But otherwise, like, you know, as long as the right people in your field know who you are, they can get you in those doors to where you can get that spotlight, you know? Yeah. That's brilliant. That's good. Yeah. I like that. Those 25 have more weight than 
thousand, exactly, ten thousand, yeah. exactly, exactly. Yeah. So you said you're on tour with Young Nudie, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, so what's what's tour like? You know, what's that been like? Uh, I know you said now, you know, via word of mouth, people are reaching out to you. Uh, you talked about that experience, but what what's tour actually like? So what's your process? You know, what's kind of your day to day things like that? Yeah, um, it's really it's fun in a nutshell. It's fun, but um. It's a lot for me. It's a lot of work ahead of time. So like from, that's why it was cool that like I got the call ahead of time this time because usually it's like I'll see like they post the tour stuff and I'm like, ooh, it'd be cool if I can get on there and I'll kind of wait and then I'll see like who can I message and I'll message them once I get the okay, it's like a week or a couple of days from the first tour day and then I get to work. So Mm -hmm. this time I actually knew like a month ahead of time. So I was able to get sizes. So I was able to order sizes, order pieces, get uh, bandanas in, start embroidery early, and just have everything go and send them logos that I've made so they can yes, no, thumbs up, thumbs down, alter this, alter that, just so I can plan. So now when it's time to, to execute, I can execute and everything's ready. Mm. But in past years, it's been a lot of just on the fly, not having stuff ready, not having enough stuff, maybe having one piece that they like, and the rest is just stuff I made on the fly. So it's a lot of just city to city, everything's different. Uh, venue to venue sometimes they're strict about you know who how many people can come in the wristbands and all that and he, he brings a lot of people from Atlanta with him from like his his uh his community his town so sometimes they're not all like they don't all have like a management or you know role like that so they're mm-hmm. just like his friends type of thing and sometimes yeah. the venue's like no you only get this many wristbands and I might be after his friends so maybe I have trouble da, da, da. but um it's only happened one time which is 2017 House of Blues in Chicago when um I actually had pulled up late, so I say it's my fault, but um, they had had all their friends and family. It was actually the Cardi tour. So Cardi, um, Gunna, and um, Young Nudie, all being Atlanta artists, all their family came up from Atlanta to Chicago for that tour. Nice. And uh, they all had wristbands and everything. So when I pulled up late, all wristbands were gone and everything. So that was one tour day I did miss uh, in 2017. But otherwise, everything's like smooth. Like I said, every city's different. Um, the vibe of just the venue's different. Um, but this year specifically, I've been all my P's and Q's. I've been able to plan ahead. So everything's been really just uh, showing up and doing my thing. That's sweet. Yeah. That's awesome. Now, are you ever able to kind of make extra as merch at shows and kind of set up, do any displays, anything like that? So um, I prefer <laughs> not to just because uh, that usually means I have to like man a table and it mm-hmm. takes away from it enjoying the actual show experience and just because I make everything by hand like um I would rather do I would rather make 50 custom pieces where 30 of them are all different like one-on-ones rather than make 50 of the same piece and call it merch like the same merch that he sells just because like I'm not a factory so I can, I have a, you know, measuring tool to make sure everything's like even and everything, but I can't make 50 shirts and guarantee everyone is going to line up on the three-fourths line. You know what I mean? Got some it. might yeah. be on the half, some might be over a little bit. So whenever it ever comes to mass doing anything like that for like tour, tour like that, mm-hmm. I, I just, it's a lot of work on me as well because I have my hand machines and everything like that. But uh, I would rather, you know, be able to go and source pieces and vests and jackets and make, you know, one-on-ones and just get 50 pieces and just do my own thing and then give them to different guys on the team. Yeah. So that's really how I prefer my process, but yeah. Cool. That's usually what I do, yeah. Yeah, nice enjoying the show, too. Yeah, Probably exactly. get a good view, yeah. yeah. Definitely, yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> uh, so I, I had a question. So you mentioned earlier in the interview that you're 
Um, you've also been focused on like scaling your business. Mm -hmm. Uh, so for you, like what does scaling mean for you? Like, what do you think you need to do to scale? Um, any, any like unique actions you're taking to to help you accomplish that goal of scaling? So, um, in brief, I'm currently, after getting called on this, this tour, I consider myself like to myself as like being nationally at this point, like a national brand. Mm -hmm. So my thing at this point next is to become global. So uh, what I've been doing is myself and my cousin, who's actually like uh, my younger cousin, she's my social media assistant. um, The next thing on our list is to start working with and finding some um, China and Japanese distributors. I really just want to find my first one Mm -hmm. because really um, there's a brand called When Smoke Clears. They're in LA. LA or Atlanta, LA based brand, um, but they they're act they're crazy big over here. I mean, Young Thug, Gunna, all types of people wear their clothes, um, but they're really bigger overseas. Hmm. I don't know how they got their in over there, how their first you no know, show went, or how their first lookbook, how they got over there. But they have jewelry that they do that goes nuts in China. Mm. They have pieces that goes insane on, over in the uh, the Asian market and everything, and it's it's beautiful. Their pieces are like you know can can transcend all all demographics, so it definitely mm-hmm. makes sense. Yeah. But it's just something like I feel like when and I definitely I don't know if on this piece I have on right now, but um I've I've incorporated a new uh I've always been into like uh, ancient Egyptian culture uh the the fashion culture behind in Japan and China. Mm-hmm. So I've incorporated some of the Chinese uh, letters and structuring on some of my newer designs. And I really want to get it incorporated with just one, if I can find one distributor or someone over there to really take my brand online or something, I think that'll be what I need to really scale to the next level. Yeah. Yeah. And my question is like, obviously you, what you do with, with your clothes, like you have the magic touch in terms of like, you have a certain way that you like to do it. And like, you're a perfectionist as, as you've um, proclaimed and, and shown. Do you like, is that something that like when you pass it on to someone else, is that something that you're like hesitant about doing? Cause you don't think that someone else be uh, do as good of a job as you, or um, is that something? Cause like for my business, I have the same thoughts. Like I want to scale, like I want to hire people to, to, to work on the projects as well, but I think I would do the best job. Like, do you have similar thoughts as you scale like that? For sure, for mm-hmm. sure. I, I, I've, I've understood that no one's gonna have the same passion about this that I do, right. regardless of who they are, what situation they're in, no one's gonna wake up with the same fire to scale my business as I do. And I've understood that, and it's had to come with trying out partners and making trying to make friends partners and it not working out because they're not, they don't have the same rigor I do. So um, it's just understanding that and understanding that you have to um, you have to be your best friend and your worst enemy. You have to be the devil's advocate to yourself all the time and challenge yourself all the time and ask why. Why not? If you if you're like you can't do this, why can't you do that, Carl? And it's like, well, why tangibly can't I do it? I guess I could if I, you know, and it can yeah. just kind of be that your own type of thing because there's not always going to be that person that can compliment you and back you and say, go, go farther and push your limits, you know? Right. You're the only one that knows your limits and how far you can go. So you just have to, I feel like, just push yourself a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's good. Yeah, going with that, you were saying <clears throat> before we started rolling that if, like, COVID would have brought the hustle out. Mm-hmm. And I think, Tim, you were telling me once, wasn't it Diddy who said that? Like, yeah, that's, if, who, if that's the first time I read it. If this didn't the hustle out of you, then you don't, you don't have it. That's what I'm saying, Like yeah. honestly. It, you got it or you don't like it. That's that's the end all be all. Losing your job, it's like, well, 
nah, I'm cool. I'll just collect this money and sit on the exactly. couch still. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's tough, man. Like having that self discipline. Some days it's hard. It's like, oh fuck, I don't want to do this. Yeah. Like, can't someone just buy my shit and then? But then you have to. Yeah. <laughs> when, once you know it's it's all on your shoulders, all on your back. Like like you said, like once COVID ended or COVID started and we uh, the job ended, I was like, okay, so. Um, I have to go harder with the clothes. Like mm-hmm. I just have to be better about marketing, better about my drops, drop more often, do more pieces for you know a more eclectic audience. So I just had to really ramp everything up, and that's why I was really like I said, I've been doing that now since then, like mm-hmm. full time. So it's been yeah. really cool blessing. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, that was gonna be my question. You, you kind of already answered it. I was gonna ask like, was was there a moment where like you felt like your back was really against the wall and that kicked in a uh, overdrive it sounds yeah. like you, you just explained that yeah for sure um when you i like I, i'm just curious when you settle in like your element of like working on clothes like mm-hmm. are there like certain like conditions or like certain like do you have like not like ritual but like anything you like to do to like get you in that focus zone or like do you like put on music or like uh it, like anything that you do to like get into that mood or like in that zone or is it kind of just whenever you feel like working um so yes, I have okay. I have to be in the zone, but there's no, but there's nothing. Air quotes for people. <laughs> yeah. But there's nothing that um I can specifically say that gets me in the zone. So more than anything, I just have to be in the right mental space. More right. than anything. So if I'm having a good day, like a day like today, I know I got to go home and make some more samples before I leave tomorrow. I'll go home and I'll get to it. It's just one yeah. of those type of things. Yep. But sometimes if I'm genuinely not in the mood, I had a bad day, something, you know, my car just got towed like a few days ago type of thing. I know I have pieces to do. I know I'm leaving soon, but I'm just not mentally like mm-hmm. happy or want to do it. I won't do it. Like I will yeah. not make, there was, a, there was a while, I don't remember it was one, two years ago. I was just going through a lot of things. I didn't make a piece for maybe like a couple months, like a couple months and like, I reorder my vinyl pretty often because I run through it. And like when I go on Amazon to reorder it, I kind of just go to like past 30 days type of thing. And I remember specifically, I went back to reorder some of my materials and I had to go back past 30 days, past 60 days, past 90 days to find it. Because I literally had not been making anything. Because if I'm not in the right mental space, it won't be. Because I I enjoy making pieces. I enjoy doing it. It's fun for me. So when I do get in, that's what I was going to get to. When I do get in the zone and I start making clothes, music's on. I'm in my zone. I have a, a TV that I have like some visual stuff on of either it's young nudie performing or some of my favorite just artists performing so I can visually see that listen to music mm-hmm. and just be in my zone have everything going at once but like if I don't feel like making clothes it doesn't matter what song I can turn it up as loud as I want put whatever on the TV it won't get me to say okay let's do it mm-hmm. I, I just have to be like okay I'm feeling good I want to make some clothes just have fun and then yeah. I just get in the zone and do it so gotcha. I have to mentally want to do it and then everything else falls in place yeah yeah that makes sense I I have the same kind of feeling towards my work as well. Mm. Like you just gotta, Can't force it. you gotta ride your energy. I, I do the same. I, I, yeah. Not only like my, my written work, like my project work, but I, I apply the same thing to like working out, like my, my fitness. Like I usually, I don't really have a set time. I work out every day. I just like, Oh, like my when body's like ready. really energy. Like mm-hmm. I'm just going to go now. Exactly. Yeah. It's the so, best time to do it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah same way sure. with designs. Like I don't, I don't, um, I don't force. And this has been since I started the brand. I think my first drop was in summer of 2016. Um, but I've always prided myself on not being a, a four season drop. Uh, I have to drop fall 2020. I have to drop summer 2020, winter 2020, 
spring 2020 like i've i've never felt like i have to drop every season or even do the combinations of fall winter 2020 i don't feel like i have to do everything seasonal it's when i feel like okay let's get creative or you know what it's been i just tapped into my sewing uh bag i've just been doing more embroidery and chanel patches winter's coming up it'd be cool to put some patches on some some leather some uh letterman jackets it'd be cool to go and get into some long sleeve and really type into some sewing you know what a winter collection would be cool and that's how it comes mm-hmm. about it's not like oh man uh it's getting cold outside november's coming around okay let's sit down and just mark out what we want to do for a winter it just mm-hmm. isn't you know because then it's yeah. not as organic now i'm forcing okay coat okay so I, let me look up some coats later and figure out what to do with the coat and now i'm just forcing coat ideas and mm-hmm. r- rather than i'm just out one day and i see something and i'm like Big F with the green on one side, black on the other with the bubble coat. I gotta get home and I gotta look it up. Like it just it coming organically, and then I get a coat idea, and I'm like, okay, I can do because I just uh, recently um, made some uh, some sweatshorts. Big F mocha mocha brown sweatshorts. Um, I'm dropping those tomorrow morning uh, before the uh, New York show. I'm not doing a whole collection. It's just a piece that I loved. I really I did some teasers and dropped uh, some things in my story, and a lot of people liked it. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to drop this while I'm on tour. And it's just a piece that I feel like was at a good time. I don't feel like I have to <clears throat> hold it and wait till I'm dropping a whole collection. It's like, what is it? Right? It's still summer, technically. But it's not like, mm-hmm. I, oh, it's, it's late. i got to wait till next year to drop shorts. It's like, no. Like, even if it was October right now and I had this idea, I would still put this in a collection and still drop it. People are still wearing shorts year round, yeah. you know, whether it's inside or outside. Like, I kind of just do whatever I feel at the time. I don't feel like I have to be forced okay. to the season. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. yeah. And do you kind of carry that same mindset over to, like, how your drops work? Like, my question is, like, do you, like when you finally do the drop, do you, is it, like, Instagram that you promote it on? Or, like, how do you... To, like perform the drop i guess i'm trying to get better about it my cousin uh i got referenced earlier and janae um my younger cousin in new york who does my social media she's been kind of telling me like my next drop let's do like some some instagram ads let's do some facebook okay. ads do some mm-hmm. stuff like that i've never had um i've never run a, a marketing campaign for fortunate lifestyle okay. um facebook twitter instagram anything um i've never had a sale for fortunate mm. lifestyle um that is just something has nothing to do with other brands I, I don't I, I don't think i've ever like verbally spoke on this just because i feel like it may sound pretentious to sound like weird or like what the hell but um yeah i've never had a sale for fortunate lifestyle reason being is because i feel like my brand is i've never wanted to be a mass brand never wanted to be the next nike next you no know, polo anything like that i've always wanted to be exclusive and it's never about how many people are in my clothes but who's in my clothes yeah mm-hmm. so um i feel like having a sale kind of doesn't water down the brand but it makes it like we have extra inventory come get some or we want to yeah. get this off our hands so we're putting it at a cheaper price you can come get it and my brand's never been a gimme brand or never been hey 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 come get this like i don't even post that much when i do drop and that's okay. what my cousin's kind of been talking Carl, yeah. you gotta at least promote yourself a little harder than you're doing it and i will promote it but it's like i'll post heavy the day before when i'm promoting it day of a uh, couple of the week of when I'm dropping it. And then after that, I kind of feel like that whatever buzz it was going to get there. And then everything after that, after that's organic. I try not to put it, put it in people's face because I don't want people to like, I don't want to become synonymous with the brand. I don't even wear my own brand that, that much, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause I just don't want to become too synonymous with my brand to where it becomes like quote unquote corny. And this may be the wrong mindset to where it's like, now whenever my name comes up on your phone and you see Carl on your phone, 
Justin or whenever Case Wagon comes in your DMs, you're like, oh, here he is trying to sell me some clothes or, oh, I already know what this is about. I don't I just don't want to be one of those things. So, like, you know, I, I, it, uh, my brand's a part of me, but I don't want every time we talk, it's, hey, I just dropped some new stuff, bro. I got your size in if you want that. Like, it's Always, you know, he's always trying to no, get, trying to get I totally a sale. Get that. Yeah. So that's why I, I don't post about stuff all the time. I'll post when I post it, and then I know I, I occasionally look and see who's viewing my story, but I know who's checking in with my story, and my brand. So I know if they want it, they'll see it and they'll buy it. You know, I, mean? I update mm. my website all the time. I post on my Instagram story. So I just know people who are in tune are going to stay in tune and just buy. I try yeah. not to force, force, force anything. So that's one of the reasons I haven't had a sale is just because I feel like not the it, it waters down my image, but just because it's not something that I, I I don't charge too much for my clothes to begin with anyway. It's just mm-hmm. I feel like what I put out is what I put out. People yeah. who want my stuff are usually like, hey, I, I need that. You know what I mean? Yo, when is that coming out? Or yo, I need this for me and my girl. What other colors do you have coming? That's a lot of what I get when I post my stuff. So when I drop, I don't feel the need to have to, hey, we're doing a sale on this. You know, whenever I feel like the sales have died down on a product, I'm like, all right, cool. Mm-hmm. That's fine. And then I'll, I'll start thinking about some other stuff. But I kid you not, I last week, shout out Jasmine Smith. She just cashed out on a bunch of stuff and 2016 kill fashion piece like i still have people buying old stuff 2016 Mm -hmm. pieces 2017 pieces and that's why my inspiration is just my mind things i see i don't try to go off any other brands or anything else because fashion is something that can be timeless like i want my 2020 pieces to be cool in 2025 i want my 2017 to be cool in 2022 Mm -hmm. i want my stuff to still be relevant the half and half thing is um something i've really tapped into i made my first half and half shirt in 2015 2016 and that's still like my the face of my brand right now. I still have that's my main shirt that I still make right now. Mm-hmm. So I feel like just finding something that works and sticking to it is really just the key to everything. Yeah. Is that half one color, half? Your yeah, half the half okay. with the with the bleach pattern. So the it's I have a concentrated bleach uh, like formula I use at this point. It's a certain type of bleach, certain brand. Um, I dilute it with another certain product because uh, I like the color. I, I've messed with it so the color comes out to be like an off-white. And I know what bleach patterns and what bleach uh, concentrations to use to get different colors out of. I'm telling you, I've been, been doing this for a while. Yeah. So like, I, know how to, I know how to get a black shirt and to put a bleach pattern on it and make it white, make it yellow, make it gold, make it an off-white, make it almost yellow. I can mess with different things. I can get a, a royal blue shirt and I can do a bleach pattern to make that bleach pattern white to make it a lighter blue to make it purple like i know the different routines to make different colors different yeah. things i like that i have certain brands i like getting certain shirts for gildan's my favorite just because of their 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 dye blend and their cotton is just really thick so when i do use my bleach on that i don't even have to use much and it it, it turns it immediately mm-hmm. um uh different heat patterns to use it sometimes i heat i heat my bleach with uh my heat press sometimes outside with the right sunlight is the perfect one to get because that'll heat it up right and get it white Interesting. sometimes you don't want too much heat exposure because that'll put the bleach right through it and make it to where the shirt rips because then it'll make the fabric too thin so i've just been trying trying yeah. like i said but over time it's been the staple shirt for five six years but it's gotten better over time yeah. you know because i've been learning about the different patterns and concentrations and all that that's awesome have have there any well back to not being the mass brand i think that's sweet having it's like a private luxury line almost where it's referral based and when you hear about someone who yeah i'm all referrals it's like like there's something to hear in that where you know it's something about exclusivity these days that just drives you i was in uh new york i got a guy 
what you need? I got a guy. And you're the guy. So. I'm telling you. And, that, and that's how it goes. And it's like, yo, <laughs> where'd you get that? I want a guy, man. Where'd you get that? And then they have to say, hey, it's, it's my friend's brand. Like, I can connect you. And it becomes, like, exclusive. Or, oh, this is a one-on-one. He made it for me. And it's, whoa. So, well, I like that. I want it now, too. It's like, how do, who do I get in contact with? And it just, it just drives that. I know, like, a lot of stores, like, in... Um, in uh, New York, uh, Prada, for instance, like you have to set up an appointment. You know, you gotta you gotta wait to be called upon. If you don't, you just walk to the store. You're gonna stand outside for up to an hour for there to be an agent to come help you in the store. Mm. So it's just that exclusivity of feeling like you have to wait for things. You have to sign up for it. You have to be the first one. It's just that that mental aspect of it as well. And that's like a small portion of why I haven't done the sales either. Like I said, it all goes into just the perception of the brand. What what movie was I watching? I had heard the quote, and it was my one of my favorite quotes before I actually heard the quote, and I heard it in the movie literally like two, three days ago. But it was uh, the perception of reality is more important than reality itself. Damn, okay, yeah, I've heard that. Yeah. That oh, I, I just feel like I've seen that movie it. too. I feel like, like I've seen it. Two days ago. Do you know who's in it? If I could think who was in it, I could remember the movie. Okay. Oh my goodness. Where did you watch that? Uh, it was at home. It was Netflix. Uh, I run through Prime, Hulu, Netflix okay, well, every day. Okay, go back and look at your history. I'll have to. I'll yeah, have to. We gotta know this movie. But no, it might yeah. come to no, you before we brilliant. finish. Yeah. Too, yeah, but definitely the perception. Oh, oh, hold on, because I remember what he what he said. Um, He's coming. Because he was uh, he asked. Started. Okay, so I'm not gonna remember the movie, the name of it, but I remember what happened is there was a ri- it was like a rich suitor and the two guys came to. Oh, here we go. <gasps> And it's crazy because it's one of my favorite oh. brands too. It's called the Billionaire Boys Club. Everyone should watch the movie. You've seen it? Uh, last month. I, I saw it for the first <laughs> time a couple of days ago. And I told I told myself after I watched it for the first time the other night, I told myself I'm going to watch this movie once a week. It's like Scarface to me at this point. I, I've only watched it one time. I'm going to watch it again tonight. There's so many mantras in that movie. Scar- Billionaire Boys. Good, it's right. so many business mantras in there. But it was um the, the, he one friend brought the other friend to meet this rich suitor who was going to give them a big big like multi-million dollar loan so uh the friend had left and just left the the stranger friend with the rich suitor and uh the rich suitor was showing him like this prized possession like a uh, like statue in this glass box or whatever he took the glass box off and he was handing it to the kid and the, he was like saying uh how it's like prices and handing it to the kid the kid bobbles it yeah. breaks on the floor and he was like oh my gosh he was like that was one of 17 in the world. They're this expensive. And the kid's like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. And he was like, all 17 are kept uh, in some high class, some, some museum. And the kid was like, it was a fake? It's like, yes. And then that's when he said, the perception of reality is wow. more important than reality oh, itself. Wow. Dude, that's a wild movie. I'm telling you. I, for- I kind of forgot I watched that movie. Like, mm-hmm. I'll run through some things, yeah. but. Like title got my ass. Like, yeah, let me let me see what it's about. Exactly, exactly. But it's it's that thing that just it just it's not it's not necessary. I mean, you could you could word it as faking it so you're making it, but the perception of how people see you or see your brand or how they see it is more more important than what it actually is. Because at the end of the day, people invest in relationships, and that's mm-hmm. another thing they said in the movie as well. Yeah, I invest I invest in relationships. You know, I invest in people. You know, yeah. so that's that's life in general too. Like that's you waking up every morning and and viewing like. I mean, that's the same thing with failure, too. Like, you fail exactly. something, like, 
Yeah, like the reality is, like you came up short and mm-hmm. you didn't get the outcome you wanted. But yeah, the, I mean, how you perceive it? Like I've told myself, I, I I've told myself I don't take L's, I don't take failure, I don't mm-hmm. accept failure. I just take everything as a lesson. Anything, yeah. anything that people would look at as a failure, anything like that, I look at. I'm still here. I'm still standing. I'm still living. You know what I mean? Just a lesson. Just something to learn from. Don't do the same thing again. Or how to adjust in the same situation. So that's how I view those things. That I look at. As, I don't accept failure. Mm-hmm. If if something happens and I have a negative outcome, I'll redo it till I get a uh, you know a, a, a uh, an outcome I want um, or I'll just adjust and, and make sure I don't make the same decision to let the failure happen again but yeah. I, I just don't accept failure you know what I mean I don't right. view it as failure yeah, yeah I love it perception yeah that's like uh, I've heard I've talked to other business owners who are like yeah when I was first starting on my business card was VP of sales not CEO like no one wants to talk to the CEO like especially when you're just starting out like they know it's just you. Exactly. It's like, hey, I'm VP of sales. And then it's like, there's a different thing to it. He goes, I'm not really lying because mm-hmm. if I own the business, I'm every section of the business. So yeah, yeah I'm VPN president of sales. Yeah. But he's like, but that it shifts something for people where they perceive it differently of, oh, so you're more than just you. For sure. But you, no, he didn't say that. For sure. But that's what they're thinking already. Like, Oh, VP sales, okay, he's got a boss, blah, blah, yep. you and got, then gets the business. Yeah, do you guys know uh, who Pierre Bourne is, the producer? Like, yo, Pierre, you want to come out here? I don't think so. Yeah, he, uh, he, he does a lot of, like, hip-hop songs and, like, Young Thug, Playboy Cardi, a lot of stuff like that. But um, he uh, he actually, when he was in school for uh, engineering, he, he was just, like, a student at the time, and he was going to different um, studios in Atlanta. And when he would be, like, engineering for some of his friends and stuff like that, uh, like big rappers would come through and stuff and they would ask him like if he engineers or whatever and he wouldn't tell me he was a student he would say I'm an engineer he would say yeah mm-hmm. I, I gotta do this and they would say okay cool do this for me and they would like hire him to like mix it whole time he's a student yeah. you know what I mean but he's told him yeah I'm legit like I do this I'm a professional engineer yeah. for the for this uh for this uh studio we're in so mm-hmm. they'd be like alright cool get my number and lock me in link in and that, that's really like how he got a lot of his first notoriety like like the, the product's the product if it's exactly. good, it's good. Exactly. You know? exactly. Student or not, that's awesome. Exactly. Um, Carl, has there ever been a time when someone's made a request on a design where you're just like, how the fuck am I going to make this work? Like maybe it's a super intricate design or something like, I've never done this. Anything that stands out where you had to sit back and, and take a minute and like, man, I, all right, I'll see what I can do with this. Um... Now that I can think of, honestly, yeah. um, it's too good. And it, it's not, it's not <laughs> no, even that. Yeah, it's yeah. just that, like, remember I told you, like, I wake up every morning thinking, like, okay, what's the next thing? What can I get better mm-hmm. at, and all that. So I've, I've just about everything there is to do in fashion. I've, I've conceived whether Got it's it. I can do it. I've thought about okay, this is this is a hard element. Like cut and sew is something I don't think I'll ever personally be able to do, but it's one of the coolest things about clothes. Mm-hmm. You can get. A sweater that's an XL, a sweater that's a medium, you can cut them both down the middle, sew them back together and make one piece. That mm. is the coolest thing ever. Getting different brands, different a jean and a khaki pant, cutting it down the middle, sewing it through the crotch and having two different textured pants. Interesting. I'm saying like that's something I don't think I'll ever be able to get into, but I've conceived it. I've seen mm. it. I know it's a part of the fashion world. So if somebody was like, hey, Carl, can you do this? Uh, is this something that you're actually able to do? Um... I would I would know I can't do it and I've yeah. conceived do I know someone who can do that type of thing and if I do at that point it's oh I can get this person to do it yeah. but if it's something I know I can't touch on 
I know I can't touch on yeah. it, but most yeah. things I have an idea or a website or a supplier or I know a third party person that does it well mm-hmm. that can do that because I've thought about, okay, who can do a pleat patches from scratch from this with this pattern, you know, just because yeah. I've seen it online, even though I'm not doing it myself or I don't, I might not even want to, you know, even do that in the future, but I might see it and be like, okay, reflective print. That's something I haven't done like 3M on clothing people have always asked me about it but it's not something that i yet want to do because i feel like it, i just have my opinions on it but like i know how to do it because yeah. i've looked into it enough people have asked me i'm like okay is this something that if i wanted to tap into that i could do i know where to get the strips from i know where to get the vinyl from to make letters and images so if i wanted to do it i could do it so it's just about learn like i said learning the craft and just mm-hmm. knowing what's out there and having the ability yeah so yeah. Someone's going to give you the hardest design. It'll it's going to come. It, it's yeah. it's going to come soon to where I'm, I'm, I'm going to be in the middle of it and I'm going to understand, okay, I'm actually going to have to double down on something I didn't actually think of in the middle yeah. of it. But yeah, like, like cool. you said, it has to be me that is my, my toughest at Good. the end of the day. Yeah. Um, so we got a few more minutes. I want to make sure we get through kind of everything. Um, Tim, any of the questions that you had for... K-Swagging? Um, I feel like I've, I've asked. Yeah. I've asked what I wanted to. Uh, Carl, anything... I mean, I know that you know we have our last question, but anything else you want to touch on? Um, and if so, let, let's hit that, and then for sure plug your socials where people can find you and all that too. For I sure. Mean, we'll tag it, but... Um, what do you guys think of when I say the word militant? Militant. Militant. I would say... I mean, I kind of relate. I mean... I think like regimented discipline, like yeah, you discipline. are like you're on it, like you're you're not fucking about. Yeah, like you know? I kind of relate it to like I don't know if I'm perceiving this right, but military, like related to military. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. when I think of military, I think of people who are disciplined, mm-hmm. who are organized, and who yeah. have like they they're self directed. I mm-hmm. guess as well. I mean, like, and you're perfect. you'd be self directed, yeah. Yeah, like I would say you're militant on your designs, on yeah. new things. Like Tim is militant on his resume writing. Like. Yep. There are many times like, hey, we got to schedule this. I got to finish this for a client. That is that is militant to me. So yeah. I ask that because um, I feel like, and I, I tell this to my like my, my younger friends a lot that are creatives and trying to you know really uh, break through. Um, when they get caught up, like I said, in the numbers and the little things, um, your team, our team is militant. And that's something I pride, our, pride myself and my team on is because being militant it doesn't matter how many people are in, you know, you know, the army, the military, they have different, you know, units where there's, you know, big, there's the small special ops and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, they're poised. They know, they all know what their role is. They know what the bigger goal is. They know what their role is within that. They do their job the best that they can. They're not necessarily worrying about everybody else on the team because they know everybody else on the team is doing what they have to do for the greater good. Mm-hmm. And that's just how how I like to think of myself and everyone that's on the team. It doesn't matter if your team is three people. It doesn't matter if it's 30 people. As long as everyone is focused, disciplined, knowing what the, what the routine is, that's going to get you where you need to go. Mm-hmm. That's what's up. I love it. That's what's yeah. up. All right. Um, Carl, where can, where can people find you? Uh, Instagram, at KSwagon, uh, K-S-W-A-G-G-I-N. And then, uh, Damn straight. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> then the clothing page is just going to be uh, at Fortunate Lifestyle, spelled just like it sounds. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, website? Website is thefortunatelifestyle.com. Okay. Beautiful. Beautiful. Yeah. All right, man. Uh, so maybe it's changed since last time we sat down. Maybe it's not. Uh, but how do you want to be remembered? It's all said and done. Your time here is finished. 
end of the day, how do you want people to remember Case Wagon? Um, a dream chaser, for mm-hmm. sure. Um, someone that when they say they're going to do something, they do it. Um, humble, top of his class. I just yes. want to be remembered as just that militant, sticking to the script. Yeah, yeah. Everything about this interview, it, it Dude, you're, portrays. You're that, on the way, so. man. Like, yeah. you, you're hitting us. Yeah. So, that. hey, man, thank you always for like reaching out, showing love. Like, you're for one sure. of our most consistent, you know, loyals yes. that for sure. And you help us get guests. Uh, I saw you kicking it with Cash Out Johnny recently yeah, too, sure, and that was sure. a fun time. Yeah, yeah. So we always really appreciate that. And you know, anytime you want to be on the show, bro, like always welcome for sure so man thank appreciate you, so you and your much. time thank you guys thank you. definitely hope you guys appreciate the gear the custom merch and everything Dude, i'm excited to take a take a little peek i cannot wait that. i'm really excited yeah for sure thank all right everyone so thanks for hanging check out our guy k swaggin and until next time y'all have a good one